and welcome back to The Well. I'm Dylan Bowman, and today our guest is ultra runner Jason Schlarb. Jason has been a friend and a fellow competitor for many years now, and uh, I've always admired him as not only a super talented, but also a super consistent athlete. And more recently, specifically in the last few years, I've just been really inspired how at 42 years old, Jason remains a contender at any race he enters and is seemingly only getting better with age. Just last weekend, he won the I'm Tough 100 miler in Idaho in a super fast time and ahead of some other great runners. Uh, We obviously talk about that performance in this podcast, but the bulk of the interview focuses on the human side of the sport, how we deal with highs and lows, learning from failure, aging as an athlete, alcohol consumption, and, uh, and other topics. Um, Jason was super open and honest about what uh, has been a, a tough year for him. And I think you guys will, will really appreciate his insight, his candor and his attitude. I don't think I really need to set this one up any more than that for you. I found this conversation seriously enjoyable. I hope you will too. So please welcome Jason Schlarb. Okay. Here we are with my good friend, Jason Schlarb. Looks like you're <laughs> broadcasting from a, uh, a patio in your home in Durango, Colorado. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. I'm finally home. I'm finally home. My home's a, a cabin in the woods and um, it's, it's, my, it's my little oasis. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I initially bought this thing because I couldn't afford to, to live in town <laughs> and assumed to move back into town. And now it's my little retreat, man. So it's good to be home and it's, 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 it feels good. That's great. And by, uh, returning home, um, of course you're referencing, uh, returning home from a, a fabulous victory at the, I am tough hundred mile race and, and the travel that was involved to get to and from, how are you feeling after, uh, a great, uh, another hundred mile performance under your belt? You know, this one was special. This hundred mile was really, really special. And it, it, it came about in, you know, a way that I would have never, ever expected. And, um, you know, it was, it was more than just a physical race. It was, it was emotional and mental like hundred miles. I think, um, that that's what they should brand hundred miles is like the <laughs> <laughs> exhaust your body, but really, really screw your brain, man. Yeah. And, 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 and it, uh, it was that but it also kind of marked the end of this season for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, without, without needing to say it's what, 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 what crazy ass season we've had. So mm-hmm. it, it, it means a lot of different things to me. And, um, it's, it's really good to, to kind of finish on, on that high note. So I'm, yeah. I'm very happy. Cool. Well, we'll get more into the details of that race, um, here later in our conversation, but, uh, before we get to it, I wanted to, give the listeners a little glimpse into one of our early interactions as a uh, veteran ultra runners and hundred mile racers, you and I, and I want to maybe tell the story about when, uh, we ran together at run rabbit run back in 2013. 
and uh, when when I came upon you in the woods, uh, if you could paint paint that picture for the listeners, because it was, uh, I think the last time you didn't win that race upon lining up for it. So, uh, and you and I shared a a pretty special memory in my career. So paint that picture for the audience. You know, this, this, I'm so happy we brought this up, Debo. Like it is this story I tell the most about running hundred miles. And there was, you know, as, as, as Tony, you know, Kupichka would call it, I was a roadie getting into the sport. And I was like, well, I'm going to go in here and beat these old dudes that, you know, just jog around like Dave Mack or Carl Metzler and all, you know, and, and, and I, I showed up and got into the hundred and Lo and behold, like, like I very well now know, and, and I think most people that have run hundreds, I had a just absolute, just blow up a, a, an emotional mental, like what the hell? And, and I was, uh, we were over there, you know, a little past cow Creek or something like that, you know, halfway through, um, the inaugural hundred mile for run rabbit run with big prize money, you know, 10, 12,000 bucks on the line. And like I said, some of the lineup, you know, Carl, Dave, Timmy Olson was there. You were there. Uh, Nick Petitella. I, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And there I am walking, <laughs> walking in second place. And I, I didn't pick up my headlamp cause I was so confident, you know, everything was going to go great. And, uh, I realized, uh, I I'm, I'm really far away in the woods and I need, I need a buddy. And so there you are, there you stroll right up. And I'm like, depot and you know to make a, a long story short i basically start saying dude this shit sucks i feel <laughs> terrible this is too long does it always feel like this because at that point had you run 100 i had yeah i had a couple yeah, a I, couple under my belt yeah 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 so, so you were the veteran i was the rookie and i'm like is yeah. it like this all the time and then i was like man as soon as we get to that next aid station i'm done yeah, I'm out. I'm I'm over this shit. And <laughs> I had to run with you because I had no headlamp and uh, I had to run your pace. And so I had to like man up a little bit and, 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 you know, pick up my walk pace to jog pace to run pace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember walking, starting to run and, and, you know, starting to feel a little bit better. And I looked over at you like, you're going to drop too, aren't you, man? This, this shit's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and you're like, no, nah, uh, I'm not. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. I mean, I was in like third place at the time. Yeah. 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 We, we were, we were in second and third place together. Yeah, yeah. I Dave James was in front of us. That yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah. We ended up dropping, you know? So, right. and, uh, you know, I just looked at you like you had two heads. I was like, your ass is going to keep going, man. <laughs> And I got there and all of a sudden, you know, six miles later or five or three or whatever, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't quit. And I, I kept going, yep. did really well, got in back in second place, got in front of you yep. and made a seven mile wrong turn <laughs> and whatever. The whole day was, that, that was a disaster yeah. first hundred miler, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a special memory for me as well. And just uh, to give, give my side of the story, it was absolutely hilarious because yeah, J- Dave James, who, you know, for those who are newer to the sport, he hasn't raced in a long time, but he used to be, uh, you know, a uh, notorious, like fast 
off the start type racer and a, and a really strong athlete. And he raced in that style that year. And of course you had high ambitions for your own performance. And, uh, not only did you forget your headlamp at that one cruise stop, but you also forgot your shirt. <laughs> so I came upon <laughs> you, I came upon you in the woods, you know, this is September in steamboat where it probably is 7,000 feet or something. It's definitely not warm. And you're no. a, you're a shirtless, a shirtless dude without a headlamp having an absolute, you know, energy implosion pity party. And, uh, yeah, as you said, you, you promised me you were going to be dropping at the next aid station. And then as, uh, as, uh, we sort of built momentum together, um, I was glad to, you know, see you leave that aid station only to, uh, yeah, make a critical wrong term not long after, but it was a comedy of errors, I think for you in retrospect. And, and as I said, led to a lot of future success at run rabbit, which, uh, you've won three times in your career. Um, among many, many other awesome accomplishments. So I'm glad we got to uh, reminisce uh, about that together and share that with the audience. I think people will find that funny, but. Yeah, I dude, I, I got to say one more thing about that specifically. That was a transition point for me. And, uh, you know, what, what, what wasn't, you know, included in that story is, you know, we had, uh, there's a guy named Bossett. And he was like on some crazy meds and he was basically walked and power hiked the whole thing, you know, my, my pouting, you know, rookie ass went back, went to bed, got up the next morning, was drinking beers and see, you know, I see these finishers come through, you know, in 30, 40 hours. Mm. I think that race was like 108 miles that year. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that stark realization of not just DNF, but like this hundred mile thing is above and beyond the 50 K 80 K hundred K. And I, I, I'm, I'm not just shamed, but you know, I got on the phone and I, I signed up for grindstone two weeks later. Right. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm finishing this. I'm getting that hundred. Um, I can't live with this. And yeah. you know, the rest, the rest is a little bit of history there. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you've been so good at that distance and that's something I want to talk about in just a bit, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a turning point, I think for me too. I mean, early in my career, I was probably only like 27 at the time and, uh, you know, somewhat new to the, um, you know, still feeling like I was new to running in general and ultras specifically. And I, uh, ended up running in the lead for many miles myself only to get past, you know, in the last 25 miles, I think somewhere in there by, uh, by the hundred mile master himself, Carl Meltzer. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was a, a really good learning opportunity for me in my career to sort of have an opportunity to, to potentially win a race like that only to get passed by somebody who, you know, didn't necessarily have more talent than me, but had much more experience and was much more savvy at, uh, dealing with all the elements. So, well, that's yeah. awesome, man. What a great way to start. That's so fun to, to reminisce. So <laughs> maybe to transition to something a little uh, less pleasant, I want to go back to UTMB last year. Do you remember in UTMB, you were racing. I wasn't, I was there as a spectator, but do you, do you remember seeing me at the, at the bottom of Grand Colferre as you were going up? Yeah, I yeah. absolutely, you, you and you and Topher were, were out there and it was uh, I struggle fest and, and going up out of Cormier there is yeah. you know, seeing you and your, yeah. 
yeah. Your stoke is always good. <laughs> right. So, you know, I guess the, the question I was, I was going to get at here is, you know, there, as you said, I was there with Kim and Topher Gaylord. We had driven all the way up to Arnuva in the middle of the night to, to see everybody come through. That's uh, just under a hundred kilometers into the race. And at that point, Andrew Miller, Zach Miller, Alex Nichols, Mark Hammond, it all come through like pretty much completely blown. Uh, I think Tim Tollefson and Hayden had already dropped at that point. And so the American contingent was, was struggling mightily and you came through also struggling, struggling hard, but you had a great attitude, you know, much better attitude than, than everybody else. Um, you know, that we had seen, uh, in the American representation at that year. Um, so I want you to just maybe go through that experience at UTMB, sort of having to readjust your, your priorities, having, um, you know, most of your, you know, competitive goals go out the window to adjust mm-hmm. that attitude and, and still keep plugging away. Um, how, how did, uh, how did you manage to do that? Because to me, it was, it was obvious, um, that that was kind of the, the key, uh, differentiator between you and those, those other American guys I just mentioned. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And I, I think that it, 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 it you know, we didn't plan this man, but it goes right back to that first hundred mile. When I have a project, when I have something big, um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's different than when I was on, you know, track and field in college, it was different than marathon. It was different than, than cross country or, or, or doing some, you know, kind of fun run. The hundred mile is, is a real journey for the mind, the soul, and I feel like in that race, more than it, in the other shorter distances, you have a common bond with a lot of the racers of having, you know, nobody has a great time the whole damn 106 miles at UTMB or Run Rabbit Run. Or, I mean, I would even argue, you know, like Rocky Raccoon or something flat or Havelina. It's, it's a special thing. And I, I feel like when I go to these 100-mile races, you, you don't do a training 100-mile race. Okay. So, you know, there's, there's not great reason to, to just say, Hey, uh, you know, I, I'm just good. I'm just here for training. It's, it's like, I want to make that happen. I want to finish. And I feel like I owe it to myself. It's usually, it, it is, is always a, a, a focal point in my season. Mm-hmm. And it's also like, it, it, there's a community there. I feel like the people that get into that UTMB, that hard rock, that run rabbit run, you know, you share that whole day, two days, whatever it is. And I, I, I don't, I don't drop unless I absolutely have to, I'm like facing some kind of injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some, some danger to, to, to my body. And, um, and it, you know, in this case at UTMB last year, um, you know, I since spent seven weeks out there with, with Meredith and Felix and, uh, I had too much fun beforehand. I'd yeah. worn myself out. Um, both playing with Felix, hanging out and doing stuff all together, and then also playing in those mountains that you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so when I got in there, you know, I I kept that mental positivity um, where I feel like a lot of the um, the other racers that day had goals that were kind of one dimensionally. I need to do this kind of performance. Mm-hmm. I know I can do this and that's, what's going to happen. And, uh, what I would say with, you know, my coach, David Roach is I plan before I go to a race 
not for what how how great it's going to be, mm. but what I'm going to do when shit happens. Uh, you know, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to react and what my plan is. And, you know, that plan has been established for quite a while, going back to, to our young years, man. And, and when I show up to those hundreds, um, you know, I'm going to smile every damn mile. Um, uh, you know, that maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm yeah. going to force that shit. Yeah. And I'm going to get that done and I'm going to appreciate and I'm going to like join the club of the rest of the people that are doing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. And um, it was it was so cool and uh, definitely like something that stood out for us. And I, I think I, I might have this wrong. It might just be, you know, a fabrication in my in my memory. But I think you said something to the effect of that you were going to listen to David Goggins book on on tape for the rest of the run or something like that. Is that accurate? Is that just my memory betraying me? Uh, what was No, that? no. You know, I, I thought about uh mentioning that yeah i i had my phone packed away and you know i was you know i i i appreciate the fact that you know you know the potential of you know you've only you only tap into 40 percent of your ass yeah. you know like yeah. you've got so 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 much more and you know being hard and being tough and you know accomplishing those things that people are you know starting to play with in those 200 miles and those fkts and etc you know it might not be pretty, man, but we can do shit that's unbelievable. And I was definitely not at the end of my like absolute capacity. So I I I I I I I put him on loud and proud, man. And and, and I I I listened to that for like four hours, man, and just uh that was good. That was yeah. good. He he was he was a good one to listen to that day. That's so funny. I mean, to uh to be having a, a race, you know, below your competitive aspirations below your standards and to not, uh, you know, have a pity party or drop out, but instead put David Goggins book on tape on in your ears and, and just march it in proudly. Um, it's a really cool thing. And I think something that people will really appreciate as, as a story. And it's not like it was completely terrible. You still finished top American again. I think you were like 19th or something like that. And 24 hours or so. So, you know, again, well yeah. below where, where I'm sure you wanted to place and where you've placed in the past at UTMB, but uh, certainly not a, a failure by any means. But, you know, I guess uh, to go from one uh, potentially, uh, you know, unpleasant experience to another, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, before we get to the good stuff here of your recent victory. <laughs> Um, you've been really open on, on social media about just like, it seemed that maybe after UTMB or late last year, early this year, you kind of fell into a little bit of a, a personal hole. And, and I definitely had a similar experience myself last year in, in 2019. And I wanted to see if you wanted to expand on that at all, you know, to whatever extent you're comfortable, you know, with whatever, whatever details you're comfortable with. Uh, maybe what, what was tough for you and, uh, you know, do you feel like you've gotten through it and, and what have you learned? Yeah, how I would uh, kind of explain my my journey, let's call it the journey uh, over this last year is um, I'm a really intense guy. Uh, I've got a really addictive personality. Um, I'm I'm really, really uh, a lot of energy. And, you know, I get that hereditarily. I get that um, from, from, from my upbringing. Um, I get that from some, 
some imbalances in in my like uh I, I don't know hormonal brain kind of stuff i've got I, I deal with a lot of anxiety and uh it 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 has enabled me to thrive in a lot of different environments mm. um one of those environments was uh being a military officer uh you know and and just going and pushing and uh mm. you know having no compromise and and just 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 having that kind of mentality and the other obvious one is is ultra marathon you know just i don't quit and I, I'm, I'm a stubborn dude. And I just go from second to second, pushing, pushing, pushing. And, um, that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of pride for that, but, uh, you know, there's a really, really dark side to that. Mm. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of, uh, issues that I've finally in a ripe age of now 42, kind of decided to, to show up and confront. And, um, you know, there's, there's some control stuff there too. Um, just, just having that. And that, you know, that shows up in relationship as well. You know, Mm. people, uh, love to be around that energy and I've had amazing, amazing partners. Um, you know, I've been married and divorced and, uh, you know, I was, I, I was, uh, with Meredith, and, uh, you know, I finally kind of came to a point where it all came crashing down, mm. you know, and, and I, I, there, there's, there's a lot more details there, but we could do like a, a three week series on this stuff, man. <laughs> but it's, uh, basically I, 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 I was, um, you know, put in a position where I, you know, got left and, uh, I needed to confront, you know, what's going on and through some therapy. And, uh, through some, some realization that it had happened. And it's one thing to, to know something. It's another thing to act on it. It's another thing to change. It's another thing to live. Um, you know, and I, I knew these things and I had seen it through, 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 through my father and generations before. Um, but I kind of got put into the position of like, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a bad place. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of this age and here's, here's my life and what the hell's going on. Mm. And, uh, you know, had, I had to figure out what, what was, what was wrong. And I, I, I had an idea, but then, like I said, it's one thing to know versus you know, experience and really sit with that. And so I started to work on, um, you know, understanding different kind of aspects of my, my personality and my tendencies with that control, with that anxiety. And, uh, lo and behold, we have this COVID-19 thing happen mm. and, uh, I'm here at my cabin and I'm not traveling internationally. I'm not getting that, you know, that work that I'm normally getting. And, uh, you know, I'm at home and it kind of forced me to, to face this shit. Mm. And, you know, for, day to day, week to week, month to month, you know, I, I started to talk to my best friends, you know, I started to talk to my family, you know, I, I, I continue to, to, to talk and, and work with Meredith and, and see some counselors. And I, I, I finally confronted and I was able to actually relax a little bit and be happy. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, that sounds really broad, and basic and general. Yeah. But happy is something that I hadn't really known besides, you know, like being successful. And I don't think those two things are the same and happiness and being able to appreciate the moment. Mm. 
And I, I all of a sudden, you know, I had a, a really, 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 really tough day on, in a, you know, in this period that I'm describing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I just was just so pissed off and so angry and so disappointed. And I had regret and I had shame and all these different things and things weren't going in my life how they were supposed to. And I just kind of snapped. I woke up and I looked around. And the weird thing was that the, the thing that I noticed was that the world in all of this chaos in my mind and my heart and in everybody else's, you know, dealing with with with, with what's been happening this year, the, the the trees and the forest and this river that I was driving along looked the exact same as it did last year before all this shit happened. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, it made me look inside and say, hey, what do I have? Mm-hmm. right now yeah. you know and it, it helped me realize okay i have a son felix i have my health i have friends i have family i have a vehicle i've got this profession where i'm a, a guy that gets to travel around the world and run and and you know influence you know our sport and our, our world in that way shit i should be happy yeah and i and 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 i i just kind of let go of a lot of that, you know, and it, you know, it didn't last forever, never will. Mm-hmm. But that moment, I came to grips with, you know, really being able to appreciate the moment. And then it kind of seeped into the rest of my life with with not trying to force my agenda, force my goals, force those kind of things. And I, I just I've just had a lot of growing up finally. And, you know, I've I've at times I've shared it on social media um, and I definitely have shared it with my friends and my family and, and, and uh, this year. And it's uh, it's been it's been really good. And I, I would almost look at myself, you know, a year ago and be like, oh, man, this is a little bit woo woo, hippy dippy, like be in the moment. Yeah, I got it. You know, I want to go fucking crush and, and, and kick yeah. some ass and and do this. And I've got things to do, you know. Yeah. But now now I'm now I'm I'm, I'm pretty entrenched in this and it's 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 helped me feel really good and it's uh i think i'm a better person to hang out with now too so you should actually come hang out with me now i'm not not an (laughs) asshole anymore (laughs) no dude you're never an asshole no well thanks a lot for sharing that um you know i think there's a lot of uh wisdom in it and you know we all are kind of confronted with reality at certain moments in our lives and one of the things that you said that I think sticks out to me is, you know, we all have these, these positive personality traits and we all have these negative personality traits and, you know, for you, you know, your control and, or anxiety or things like that have actually served you positively in your uh, (laughs) career in the military and also as an, as an athlete. And similarly too, you know, I'm like probably, you know, one of the most impatient people in the world and, also a very stubborn, hard-headed, you know, my way or the highway type person. And um, it's, you know, it certainly hasn't served me positively in in a lot of aspects of my life, relationships included. And my wife would absolutely, you know, endorse my, uh, my description of, uh, of this. And, uh, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's something that really has served me really well as an athlete and just like, you know, keep going, you know, don't, don't mess around, you know, um, see things through to the end, all that stuff. So, um, well, that's, that's great. And, and, you know, maybe 
just to close the the book on on that kind of part of our conversation, you said that you've you know been to counseling and therapy, and you feel like you have um, more or less a, a grip on on this situation now. Are there any pra- practical things that you would recommend outside of that that you uh, are doing day to day to help you stay on top of the things that you think impact those around you? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's been a whole bunch of tools and, and, and you know, the, the timing for me was really, really good because I was based and grounded here and, you know, I, I wasn't traveling and I was able mm. to like, not able, I was forced to kind mm. of like, you know, be with myself a lot more than, than I normally would. And I think a lot of people, some people are, are facing that right now. Mm. For me, that, um, you know, to identify and accept. And then I, I think the journaling, um, I've never journaled my whole life. Besides a few trips where I was writing down all the fun stuff we were doing, <laughs> you know. Um, so sitting down and like, you know, it, you, I feel like when you have a lot of stress and anger, fear, um, you know, you're dealing with stuff in life, you bounce that around in your head and your mind and your heart quite a bit. And, you, and you, know, you know, you 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 grapple with it, you digest a little bit. But when you actually write it down or even talking, talking is a great way, too. But when you write it down, you slow down, you get it all out in a, in a succinct kind of timeline story, understandable way. And it it kind of it it really gives some clarity and some like direction on what you're feeling and what you want to do. Mm. I think that that journaling thing was huge. Uh, the other thing was to slow down. And you know, I, I it, it, again, you know, I I would look at myself and kind of like, oh my god, who is this guy? But you know, <laughs> meditating. Yeah. You know, it, and I was like, uh, you know, meditating is just like this kind of like, I, 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 I'm too, I don't need to do that. I just want to get going. I want to do the business. Right. <laughs> right. But that little piece there, man, really helps me be a much better badass at getting shit done later. Yeah. And, 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 you know, getting some direction and calming down and having a little bit of like, Hey, I, this is what I want to do. These principles, and also kind of slowing down that 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 voice inside the head, mm-hmm. you know, that's always nagging you. Oh, you're not good enough. You need to do this. What are you doing now? Oh my gosh, you know, Debo is much younger than you. He's going to crush you next time. <laughs> you know that shit eats you. And by like meditating, and even like this is even you know next level of like actually having some mantras or chants mm-hmm. where you say like you know watermelon popsicle. Yeah. Where you don't let that subconscious voice interfere and you're actually able to have some peace with that quiet, with the real you. Yeah. That's the second one. And, you know, the third one is, you know, just reading and talking. You know, I've got some books and, and talking about, you know, relationships specifically about the difference between masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes into the relationship stuff with Meredith and, uh, you know, not trying to fix it as a dude does yeah. and listening to feelings and, and you know, the, the ocean of, of a woman mm-hmm. or a feminine essence. Uh, that was really powerful. Practicing with Felix. Um, you know, he's my son. He's stuck with me. Uh, but you know, I, I, I can do some improvements with all of this stuff and, and practice with him mm. and realize it and have some communication with, with him about what I'm doing. And it sounds weird to have this conversation with a nine, 10 year old kid, yeah. but I'm like, Hey, dad's doing this. I really don't want to do this. 
and uh, I, I, I want to work on it and, and um, th- tell me how you feel about this. And, wow. And so that was really cool too. Yeah. And we had a lot of time to spend together, you know, with school not in and, yeah. uh, you know, me being home and, and summertime stuff. So that was a component. I know this is a long answer to it, but it's, it's something I'm passionate about. And these yeah. pieces of, of uh, you know, these tools really made the change happen versus, like, like I said, being just in the busy groove or rut of life and not really being able to, you know, do what you really know that you need to do maybe or yeah. confront those things. Well, thanks again for sharing that. I think that's uh, a really interesting um, answer that, you know, we'll, we'll provide tools to many other people who might be going through the same thing. And as you talk about, as you talk about your son, it's just, it's so cool. And you mentioned, you know, recognizing similar behaviors and the generations of men before you. And so maybe having these conversations with Felix while he's really young, will, you know, make it so he, you know, might be able to deal with similar situations in the future in a more mature way than you did. Um, if, if in fact he, he finds himself with similar disposition. So well, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. It's uh, you bet, it's, dude. it's powerful stuff. And I think, you know, all of us human beings and, and, you know, even pro athletes and stuff go through just shitty years. And, uh, you yeah. know, you and I are, are very privileged people, but I went through a really tough year last year myself that, uh, you know, I can confidently say I'm through now and, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing about it because it, it, I think did provide a lot of value to me as a, as a human being and helped to shape, you know, the future that I want to, to step into now. So, um, we just don't want to do it again. We yeah, don't exactly. Want again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Grateful. That's, awesome. That's, yeah. That's so what it does. Yeah, I got my midlife crisis out of the way, you know, hopefully well, yeah. well well before the uh the middle of my life. So <laughs> well, dude, you uh you just won a 100-mile race last weekend. Congratulations. This is the I am tough race in in Idaho and uh one yeah. of the very few events that has taken place in in North America. How did that come together for you because I know you were on the list for Run Rabbit Run again and it sounds like from your Instagram post you uh you when Run Rabbit was canceled it looks like you were thinking about maybe going to Kodiak so so talk through like how how that all came together for you to be driving up to Idaho last week to to run I am tough Yeah Run Rabbit Run was was uh the hope there in the you know the latter part of the summer when when you know obviously Hard Rock didn't happen and uh, UTMB as well. And it was, you know, it was going to be the Super Bowl, man. I mean, I, there was so many people going to be there and Hayden and Matt Daniels and I mean, Matt, Mark Hammond. And I, yeah, it was, it was going to be amazing and great. But I, I think, you know, I know that the permits weren't, they just couldn't pull it off. And I think maybe I'm guessing, surmising, I don't want to, you know, assume too much, but you know, that race is kind of a grassroots event. And I don't know if they had quite the the capacity to, to make, make, meet the requirements or whatever of mm-hmm. what they needed to do for the County and city or state. I'm not sure, but uh, anyways, it got canceled um, after they said it was going to happen. And so, you know, I noticed uh, Jimmy Ellum, uh, you know, who beat me at Tushers in August, um, he was signed up for Kodiak. And I was like, what is this? 
And it looked like Spartan has basically adopted a whole bunch of races to make Spartan ultra world championship races. And they were supporting throwing down some money for the, you know, top five. And they were pulling the event off because they were basically making it an elite only race. Mm. You know, I think there's like maybe 40 or 50 people. And, uh, you know, when you do that, that's on a hundred mile race in particular. Social distance (laughs) heaven there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, in a weird way for us, when things go right in a hundred mile, you know, it would feel the exact same because we don't see anybody, but, uh, it, they were going to be able to pull that off. And I was like, okay, this is great. I get the competition, uh, big bear, you know, just you know, hour and a half out of LA mm-hmm. and the fires happen, you yeah. know? And so I think Sunday or Monday, no shit last week, yeah. um, can't do it. And, uh, I had heard Dakota tell me that he's doing, I'm tough in idaho and it's been a race that i actually have been looked at for a number of years but uh you know they don't uh i wanted i wanted uh, you know some support and i wanted to you know i I appreciate the competition and i i i I was gravitating towards that but frankly the i'm tough course was the most exciting of the three options Mm -hmm. you know that had come across and so i found out um uh uh you know, the phone number for the race director. And I called him and said, Hey, I'm sorry, this is probably inappropriate, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got a waiting list. I would do anything to run your race. Yeah. And, um, luckily he kept the number small, you know, it was like 200 people, um, self-imposed cap. And, and he said, Hey, I think I can clear the wait list, you know, be fair to everybody and get you in. And along with a couple other guys too, they're in a similar situation. Mm. So we had Avery Collins. Uh, yeah. We had Yazin. Yep. We had Ryan Kaiser. Um, we had, what's his name from Hoka, um, uh, from California. I forgot his name. It slips my mind. I'm still tired. It's only been a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and Dakota Jones. And I'm like, okay, the competition's yeah. there too. I'm driving 13 and a half hours from like, you know, nearly I'm, I'm, I'm down closer to Mexico. That's Canada. Yeah. I, I luckily, um, had the whole week and, and the flexibility. So I started headed up there and, um, that was how I got to that race, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure Dakota is uh, is kicking himself now, telling you that he was he was going up there because <laughs> you uh, you of course managed to to win the race and and Dakota finished second. And uh, I'm obviously kidding. Obviously, Dakota's a a stand up dude and um, wouldn't uh, you know begrudge you for for that fact. But um, no, no, he's he's the nicest guy. He's competitive as hell. Yeah, but to his defense, uh, Dakota hasn't run a hundred mile in like six seven years. years. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. yeah. And you know, hard rock, he did, he kicked ass and, you know, he was the young prodigy for so long. Yeah. And, uh, the hundred mile is like kind of this somehow deemed because it's the longest race is the premier race, but yeah. you know, he's done amazing stuff. You know, he's beaten Killian. I, I, I tied Killian, right? Yeah. He beat Killian at Transvulcania and all this <laughs> stuff. And he's like, I just want to get the monkey off my back. Yeah. Um, I don't think that he was just, you know, balls to the wall focused on this is the life, you know, this is the race of his life. But he, he basically told me, he's like, Hey, I'm going easy Mm -hmm. and then I'll pick up the pace and Hey, maybe Maybe, I'll come (laughs) hours ahead of you. (laughs) He didn't say that, but you know, really fast. 
And so, you know, that, that was his scenario. It, yeah. But, but, you know, there I was in front of Dakota Jones, yeah. who's, you know, a good decade and a half younger than me. And it's a, you know, big downhill finish. And so he wasn't that far away. It was like yeah. 20 or 30 minutes. So my 42 year old ass had to like turn on some techno music, <laughs> drink a 300, ca- a 300, yeah. uh, caffeine kind of red bulls thing and and just pound Seven. it down lo and behold i don't think he really i think he was happy with second he didn't chase so yeah. I, I i gained 30 minutes but it yeah. hurt <laughs> yeah well that's great and uh, yeah i'm pretty much the president of the dakota jones fan club i think since you know the earliest days of of his career. And it's awesome to see him back, uh, racing hundred milers again. And he was actually on the, the run rabbit start list as well, which you mentioned was shaping up to be the super bowl. Uh, if only they would have been able to pull it off, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, after I am tough, I mean, um, you know, you said this is like the end of your season, but it's also kind of like the season that, that never was, you said you did, I, um, sorry, Tusher's, in yeah. August, uh, in Utah a race put on by Jamil Curry's organization, our Vipa. And, um, how, how are you kind of like thinking about this, this year and like, how are you feeling after, um, this most recent hundred mile race in terms of, um, you know, like w- not only what you've been able to do, uh, throughout your career, but how you've been able to salvage what is otherwise like a pretty, you know, disappointing year of racing without any, uh, you know, big fun international trips. Yeah. The way I I look at it is, um, you know, I got an extended period of being able to focus on some speed stuff. And I think that everybody's kind of become awake to the fact that, you know, it's not like it was when, we started, man, where, you know, mm-hmm. Jeff Rose and Tony just went out there and did six hour days whenever they wanted and, you know, show up and be the best in the world wasn't sustainable. So I was able to really focus on that speed stuff for a lot longer because I didn't have that pressure. Um, the other factor that we've mentioned is that, you know, I did my my personal work and, you know, that's been more of a theme than my running uh, without a doubt. And yeah. so running has happened it keeps it helps me keep sane and uh you know i keep getting faster and you know with help of david and and some of the stuff and a lot of the changes that he's made in my life over these last almost three years um you know i kept going on that program but the level of stress anxiety um intensity of of this crazy year personally and then also you know COVID-19 kind of made you know racing be kind of okay to not be happening because it's just such a shit show yeah so you know I you know I I got into pretty damn good shape um I I was able to put it out there and you know run 45 minutes faster at Tushers than I did last year despite you know getting second to you know all-american badass Jimmy yeah who's gonna really make a mark on the scene. Yeah. Uh, I think if he can stay healthy, but then to show up at I'm tough and, you know, run, run right at, you know, close to 20 hours on a 107, eight mile course. That's tough. Yeah. What a great capstone. And, you yeah. know, it makes it easy for me to kind of look back at this year and say, okay, I got that. 
um, I'm healthy and I, I did that great thing with, with myself and then also with my body and be able to race and here's to, to hopefully shit, you know, kind of coming back to normal a little bit, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I have to say, man, with the three races that I ran this year, I ran one with uh, Mad Moose events in May, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Justin Rick's company that puts on a lot of stuff here in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing how they handle the social distancing, how the, you know, the mask thing, aid stations, um, congregating at the starts and finishes, um, I got to see how, you know, the, the master Jamil and Aravipa, you know, handled it at Tushers. Granted, it, both those two races that I've mentioned are middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I think that that was huge. Um, but then this third race, Grassroots, not a big race organization, you know, Jeremy and his his wife, they they knocked it out of the, the ball park man man they they made it like if we see you touching somebody else in your crew and you don't live with your crew you're disqualified wow if you do anything that is like not within the rules of this distancing and all that stuff you're out and everybody took it serious and i Mm -hmm. i you know i was really impressed and i'm hopeful and i don't feel guilty um i did have those feelings you know you know in may and june you know, about racing or signing up for races or being selfish enough to to put myself out there. And I understand people who don't race, but I also understand and I believe, and this, you know, people can disagree and will disagree, that there are some 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 events that have taken place that that is you know has been a lot safer than me getting you know a pound of bananas at at Safeway yeah and uh they're doing a good job and you know it's it's a bummer not to be able to you know drink beers and have a keg at the end um you know but but it's they're doing a great job and and I'm I'm optimistic and uh you know I think that things are going to be okay soon good Good. Well, yeah. That was my rant. I know it wasn't exactly asked, but I, I, I think it's important to talk about. And I, I, no, that's maybe it's perfect. my self-conscious. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And and I think it was Dakota's post, and uh, I've heard elsewhere that other really positive things about I'm Tough. And I think that's Jeremy Humphreys who runs that race. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Class act. Yeah. Good. Well, that's, that's awesome. And, and so to speak a little bit more about like you specifically and, and your career, you know, one of the things I really appreciate in athletes is consistency. And I think that's really like the mark of like a a great athlete is not only performing well, but like performing well, consistently in different environments, in different types of courses at different distances. And, um, you've been like so freaking consistent, man. And you seem to just like be getting better with age. And I want to talk about the whole aging thing after this, but, um, you know, like you've won hard rock, you know, tied with Killian, you won run rabbit three times. You've been fourth at UTMB. You've won like UTMB Oman and Ushuaia races that are also, you know, basically hundred milers in terms of like what it takes to get through them. What do you attribute your success to like in your consistency in those, those super long races, like hundred milers specifically, anything that you would point to that you think has really assisted you in, uh, in sort of displaying that consistency over the years? Um, 
I, I would I would generalize it into a few different main emphasis. You know, there's 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 natural talent. You know, there there's having a body that is is built for endurance and and you know efficiency, and you know that ties back into my background in running. You know, Division One college cross country track and field indoor track, and then being semi pro and running in the military. I had a, that speed. Mm-hmm. You know, and what I piggyback off that too is I had the discipline and understanding of endurance sport training and i didn't fall into the trap of like i mentioned before of just go have fun and you know kill yourself in the mountains and and you know you know peep bag you know three four or five times a week mm-hmm. you know i i i had the inside motivation of wanting to win and being competitive and that that's that's a drive of mine but i also appreciated and always loved being on the trails and I had that background of being, you know, semi-professional or, you know, division one college athlete to bring all those three things together was, was a, was a pretty good mix. Yeah. The, 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 the last two pieces of the puzzle that I attribute to it was, uh, you know, after winning hard rock, I kind of got a little bit too focused and too much into uh, just, just just being up high and running really kind of gnarly terrain all the time or too often. Yeah. And I kind of just lost my speed. I lost my run economy and I just reached out and kind of surrendered and said, okay, it's time to, 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 you know, get some education here. And, and David was that education Mm -hmm. and uh, that, that um, accountability. And he brought that there. Um, And, and, and now, you know, only running, you know, like 25 mile long runs, uh, you know, and, and doing it six days a week and, and always keeping in touch with the strides mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. And, and trusting that has, has produced that longevity, you know, in this last couple years, but also the next few years for me. Yeah. But the, 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 the final puzzle piece is that, that, that kind of, addictive personality wiring of being anxious and intense and competitive and a crazy, crazy dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to have that weirdness, I think, to, to, to bring all of those different pieces of, of the puzzle together. So that that's, you know, and, and I, I passionately love the trails. I passionately love traveling. I love figuring out and knowing the names of the trees and, and the, the rock formations and the bugs and the, yeah. the, the animals. And because I love that, that really helps to just, you know, there's the training aspect, there's the winning aspect, and then there's being in that place. And, and to, to have all of those ingredients come together, I, I feel that I'm in the right place. And, and, you know, maybe the final, another puzzle piece I didn't even think about is being able to share that and, and, and talk about that and make film, um, you know, talk about it on Instagram, get on, you know, your, your podcast and be able to like celebrate all of those cool things that, that we get to go do. Yeah. Yeah, it is really, yeah, pieces of a puzzle, isn't it? And it's it's so funny, you know, you and I being of the same generation in the sport and you mentioning that when we were coming up, there were so few people that were out doing workouts, let alone like being coached. And it really was the, the dominant 
training philosophy was just go out and jog for hours and hours and hours. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we and to be all, an old guy, yeah, you know, yeah, just exactly. to be kind of a old yeah. guy was, was, you know, I, I remember before, you know, before North face, you know, when Tony and, and the Skaggs brothers and those guys were just starting to get into it. I, I looked at it. I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. This is yeah. awesome. Right. But you know what? I, I wanted the, 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 the professional level in that competition in that like kind of when I was 24 or eight or whatever, it yeah. was like, I want some camaraderie of like actually seeing really what the body can do. Yeah. And I kind of waited and waited until that North face came, yeah. you know, and then I haven't been back on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so funny to look back, you know, and now, ultra running coaching is like a booming industry it, it feels like and there's a lot of people you know my my hope is that the next generation of athletes you, you and I have seen so many guys in our career and and girls you know who have just been, had so much talent and you know without the uh you know the oversight the leadership the guidance of of like a good coach and without you know succumbing to this idea that more is better when it comes to, to ultra running. And of course we, we learn from, from people who, who struggled through some of that overtraining stuff or just doing yeah. too much. And my hope is that, you know, the people who come behind us, uh, that'll be even more the case. And there'll be more people like, uh, like Jason Schlar with long successful careers. And, um, yeah, yeah, man. I, I, like I said, I, I just really admire your, your consistency, especially, you know, in those super long, uh, races and on big stages, you know, you, you always show up and you're always somebody that, you know, is going to be a contender and, you know, it leads me into what I wanted to, to talk about in relationship to, to aging. And, you know, for me, I'm 34 and you're 42. And, uh, you know, I think it, this time of life, you know, your early mid mid thirties is when you really start to be confronted by, by age, I think, mm -hmm. uh, not only like in the way your body feels, but like, you know, seeing your parents get older, if you're lucky enough to have grandparents, you know, they're, you know, very senior at this point. And, yeah. uh, and, and so anyone, what I'm trying to say is that it's like, a you know, this is like the first time in my life where in the last couple of years, I, I should say, where, where aging has been something that I think about, um, you know, quite a bit and you being 42 and still clearly at the top of your game, what do you attribute that to? And how do you think about your age, uh, in relationship to performance? You know, I've, I've, it, it, it is this, it's a scary thing, man. You know, death is the ultimate motivator. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it sounds too, 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 like, you know, bam, but it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's coming, you know, and, and that, that, uh, it, it's a reality we all have to face. And so it, it can be a good thing, you know, and, and the way that it was a good thing for me, man, it was like, what do I really want to do? What do I really want to savor? What's really important? And, you know, even, you know, looking at my parents and seeing how, like, you know, you mentioned the next generation of generation out to that, what, what's really important to them, you know, and, you know, it's one thing to hear like, oh, it's the people, you know, and, and, and it's the experience. It's the, it's the journey, not the destination, but those are all absolutely true. And I could say all those things. But it's just a different matter when you are confronted with getting old, 
and embracing those truths. Mm. And, you know, I have cut out, uh, you know, boozing as much, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I think you might remember some after North face parties and just, you know, I, I would get drunk, drunk, drunk. And, you know, it being in the military, I would get drunk, drunk, drunk. Yeah. And I, you know, I was running 1440 something and getting drunk three times a week. Yeah. You can't do that and expect, you know, you know, expect to feel good. And so I've, I've slowly started to eliminate some of those factors to be able to continue to kind of get faster, you know, the longer ultras, you know, I, I've, I've removed that, you know, I've, I've stopped, um, sleeping shitty, you know, I've gotten yeah. a little bit more consistent with, you know, making that a priority, you know, and I, and I've actually, you know, dialed in my diet, you know, I, I used to, you know, the beginning of ultra times, you know, I was, I'd hit the windies, man. And, you know, that's okay every once in a while, but you know, I've, I've, I've removed the shitty sugars. I've removed that stuff and I've found out what's good for me and lower carb and et cetera, et cetera. So there's all these different, you know, categories and then there's the stress yeah. and then there's that speed workout stuff. And, you know, so I've become cleaner and healthier and, you know, you know, trying to, to manage stress stuff. So if, by the time I figure out all of those things, I, you know, there's think there's this, like, it's, it's like kind of like a graph, you know, yeah. I'm getting older, you know, I, I recovery, you can't get away from that, man. Like yeah. as we get older, we don't recover as fast, Yeah, you know, even though Meb, you know, you know, 39 and a half one Boston, even though, uh, Abdi, you know, you know, was third at the trials they've had, you know, they, they have to play the game a little bit different. Yeah, And I think that that's a, that's a good thing to start waking up to, you know, for people that are starting to get into that latter part of their age. And, you know, hell, if you're 25, damn, learn these lessons early and you could be extra fast. But it's, I'm kind of glad almost in a weird way that, that I have some things to improve on it yeah. big time. And I, that has been a motivator and, and a carrot and, 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 you know, with training too, to like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this low carb thing. Okay. I'm going to, you know, work with David. Oh, I'm going to stop, you know, getting drunk every week. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, I still have things to take away to keep getting faster. So it's kind of been a good yeah. motivator and it kind of helps me kind of swallow the fact that I'm in my forties or whatever. And, you know, I, I actually talked to Jeff Browning at uh, the ultimate, I, I think even, even maybe more so than Carl, you know, Jeff has, has been able to persist and kick ass into the latter forties. And he told me at Tushers, man, he said, um, one of the biggest things that he's noticed is he's gotten older and particularly in that second half of the forties is that you can't go out and burn really hot early. You -hmm. can't go into LT and, and manage to come back and, and, you know, have a great second half. Uh, and he says, you can't do that anymore, man. When you start to get that, you watch, I promise. Yeah. And then, you know, in your early forties or late thirties, you know, it's the recovery thing. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't touch speed stuff, you're going to get screwed. So there's, there's all these different lessons, I think for, for the different decades. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I've been playing with those and, 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 and doing, I, I think a pretty good job and, and that's, that's been helpful, man. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a lot of good, uh, good insights there. And I think it just kind of, um, highlights what you've mentioned about 
David, who you've mentioned, of course, your, your coach, David Roche, if we haven't mentioned his, his last name, but, um, yeah, like instead of going out and doing six hour days every day, yeah. like, like you might have, you know, actually bring your training volume down by a pretty substantial percentage while yeah. also, you know, increasing the speed workouts, doing the strides, you know, yeah. making sure your, your diet is conducive to, you know, um, helping with recovery to the extent that you can as yep. you, as you age. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to linger on this booze conversation for a second, because it's also <laughs> something that, that I've, I've think about a lot now. And, you know, I am also, I come from a history of, yeah, like partying very hard in my, yeah, and from a young age, partying hard from a young age through college, through my twenties and, you know, it slowed down a little bit in my thirties, but also enjoy a good time, you know, and oh, usually, yeah. usually when I drink, it's like to get drunk, you know, it's not like just to, yeah. you know, ha- have a quick beer and, um, and yeah, like I have a bunch of friends who have, I have two friends in particular who just wrapped up a full year of, of sobriety. And, and my brother actually, who I've shared, uh, many a night with, um, he's, he'll be a year deep, uh, off the booze come Thanksgiving. And, um, yeah. you know, they're not, none of them are, you know, sworn off of it forever, but have all done it, you know, um, you know, just for a personal challenge more or less and for personal health. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder, cause I also noticed that in, in your post, how you said like, not a single time this year, did you crush your bodies with your body with booze? You said that on, on Instagram. What did you mean by yeah. that? Like, just what's your intake like, you know, is it, do you still enjoy a, a cocktail every now and then, or have you sworn off the booze entirely? Uh, no, I haven't sworn off the booze entirely. My my most recent post, you saw some white claws in there, the, the most masculine <laughs> yeah. of booze. And uh, I, I've got one of my best friends is that has a distillery in Buena Vista, Deerhammer, yeah. and I, I appreciate it. And I, I really like mixed drinks. Yeah. Um, and I, I like how it feels to to get a little bit of buzz on. And, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, after celebrating something. Um, you know, to, to go have some fun and, and to, to have that social aspect. Some people shouldn't, yeah. you know, and, and you know, I, I frankly, I, I probably kind of fit closer to that than not. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people in our sport have an addictive personality and, you know, we want to, we want to go to the, the highest level and just keep going and crush and have fun and, and not stop. And, 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 you know, that's, that's a challenge. That's tough. Um, but yeah, it, for me, th- this, this kind of gets back into the conversation of what, you know, I was going through emotionally and mentally and like real talk, self-improvement kind of yeah. stuff. I was in a place where I was really pretty sad, uh, angry, you know, upset, you know, with, with, with relationship and, and, you know, what, what Meredith and I were working with and going through and that's a total another conversation. Yeah. I said I wouldn't talk about that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> anyways, I couldn't go to that place of drunkenness. Yeah. Because it was just like for in in, in both the, the state of being drunk, because it, it was so on my mind and in my heart so much that when I was wasted, I wouldn't be having a fun time just 
hanging out with you so uh, much. Yeah. And because, you know, it wasn't bars, I was, you know, you're getting drunk kind of looked like maybe one other person or, or by yourself yeah. this year. And it would just kind of make me kind of just, just get too deep down the rabbit hole with that stuff. Yeah. And then furthermore, when I'm hung over, you know, that kind of depression is yeah. real. Totally. You know? yeah. and, and then even, even with, uh, you know, edibles and, 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 uh, you know, marijuana, yeah. you know, accentuating emotions with yeah. those substances mm-hmm. wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the right solution for me. Yeah. And so I, I resisted that and, and getting into the, you know, following into like drowning my sadness with booze or getting super high and, you know, kind of just being a wreck. Yeah. So that kind of forced me to do that. And I kind of realized, and I had the maturity to do that. Um, but again, booze are still on the table, having fun still on the table. Yeah. And, uh, it's I just, just moderation. I, right? I also appreciate that, that, yeah. that I can't get wasted and, and expect to train the next week very well. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's my, that's my, that's my, uh, my, uh, damaging mind altering subject, uh, substances. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, again, like the thing I like to do with this podcast is like talk about human stuff, you know, of course we talk yeah. about the performance and stuff too, but like this stuff is interesting. I mean, I, I'm it fascinated is. by people's habits when it comes to booze and cannabis and caffeine and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that my, my brother has mentioned is, you know, as somebody who, like I said, is, has dabbled in everything and we've, you know, been through our, uh, our battles together, you know, and, uh, shared many a long night and, and depressing hungover next day. And, uh, yep. you know, what he says is like, you, you know, you can basically get high off sobriety, you know, there's like, everybody kind of needs to get high off something. and and right now for him, he's like kind of getting high off sobriety and like just getting into it and like, you know, seeing where it takes him. And, you know, he has no, uh, you know, it, 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 again, it's not like a, a lifelong commitment based on addiction. It's like, it's a personal challenge. And, and I think ultra runners and my brother is like this too, where we, we struggle with moderation, right? Like, so yeah. So for him, it's like, you know, instead of just having a glass of wine every now and then, he's like, no, I'm just not going to have any booze for like a year or whatever. And I think that would be more my personality too. It's either like on or off, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, I think, uh, practicing that grows, you know, for me, like, you know, that works for a little bit, like I have to come home and have a beer, you know, but then, you know, that kind of relaxation feel, I, I need to have. It, it kind of, you know, you, 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 you adjust to that and yeah. you don't get that same feel. So then it turns into two yep, and then it turns into three. And then all of a sudden I find myself like coming home and relaxing with the six pack. And it's yeah. like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then it starts screwing uh, yeah, you know, that's, the rest of your life and your yeah. physical stuff, man. But, yeah. you, you know, you, you hit on a thing that I think is really profound and that, you know, getting high off of life. Yeah. You know, and I'd have scoffed at that back in my day of like, let's, let, let's, let's take five shots. You're not going to be as, <laughs> as, as wild and having as much fun as I am. Um, but it, you know, I have found, and I, I read a book, um, geez, it's, it's a comedian guy. It's like, it's like sex, comedy, something book. And it basically, I'll try to, I'll try to tell a reasonable story here, but it talks about basically those guys, um, 
that were, were, were playing around with acid mm-hmm. and LSD back in the day. And they went and, you know, experimented with it and like documented it. And they, they, they were, they were at like, uh, I think they're at Harvard or something like that. Um, and, uh, they, they were exploring this and they were told that there's these guys over, you know, in India that are in a absolute high bliss and they don't even need this shit. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 this story is really butchered, but one of those guys that was at Harvard or whatever went over and, and tried to find these gurus. Right. And basically went and like gave these guys a whole bunch of acid and they, they, they said, okay, you know, take this and tell me what you think. And he's like, this guru basically said, Oh, this is a nice tool for finding that enlightened state yeah. of just being absolutely in bliss and in, in a satisfaction and smiley, grinny, happy, you know, ohm, right. Yeah. And, and, and the guy took like so much that it like, you know, it was like, you know, for an average person or a regular person would have possibly like screwed them for the rest of their life. They would have been burnt, you know, but this guy was just like, that's how he was all the time. And he didn't even need that because he had just gotten so happy with his in the momentness, you know, Mm -hmm. again, going back to that shit that I was talking about working on this year, you know, you can get there, you can go play, you can be a silly kid, you know, playing on the trails, man. And it's like being high or drunk. Yeah. And I, I've really kind of identified that that is that is a truth, and and and, and I really love that, and I yeah. really really want to want to keep to that, not like feel like I need to go get high or 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 drink a whole bunch to 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 have a good time like that. Yeah. Well, that's that's a hilarious conversation that we just had. I hope uh, I hope people will uh, <laughs> will find that will find that funny. And yeah, uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture of the book. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it was good. <laughs> Perfect. Well, dude, I appreciate your time so much. I think this has been an awesome conversation. You know, going through the the highs and lows of life, and you know the habits and um, you know, personality traits that both contribute to our success and, and sometimes our failures. And I appreciate you being open. Yeah. What do you, I know you said, you know, the season's over and we have no idea what's going to happen in the future, but what, what's, you know, let's close by talking about what motivates you for the future, you know, in, in the best case scenario, if we get back to, to racing next year, how do you, how do you visualize uh, what's next for Jason Schlag? Uh, you know, I, I would really like to join you for hard rock out there. It's my back backyard. It's, you know, I've, I've had my biggest success and I, you know, I was, I dropped it eight miles the next year. Mm -hmm. That's a special one. It's still near and dear to my heart. Maybe the lottery will work out. Um, you know, that's, that's the, 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 the true, like, I love that place. That's a home. Yeah. Uh, you know, my other ambitions is, is to go race the best people in the world. you know, that, 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 that looks like a UTMB, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that will happen. And the third one is, you know, kind of that crazy adventure explore stuff where, where Meredith and I go and, uh, go do an FKT, go do a visit, you know, a, a trip out to Peru and go through Patagonia or something like that. And, and and maybe it's a race, maybe it's not, maybe it's a film. Those are the three kind of categories I try to build my season with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with COVID, uh, with lottery, uh, with schedules, I, I hope to to be able to you know touch on those those three as much as I can. And those those are my those are my motivators. Hell yeah. 
Well, I would love for hard rock to happen period. And, uh, even better would be if you, uh, were able to run with us and just so the listeners know, of course, hard rock has been canceled the last two years. You were in the field for, you know, both, both years. And now Mm -hmm. with the second cancellation, you having already finished the race yourself and being on the everyone else list, your, uh, your entry into the race has been revoked, I guess, for lack of a better word. And they're yep. re- reholding that lottery, but mine is still intact. Thank goodness. I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> and Francois, you know, it'll be there. That'll be great, yeah. man. So yeah. maybe Xavier and I or Killian, maybe we can join you guys, but, uh, yeah. Hey, if not, uh, it's okay too. We'll, we'll go play somewhere else, man. Hell yeah. All right, bro. Well, thanks so much for the chat. It's super fun to catch up with you and congratulations on, on I'm tough and uh, let's catch up again soon. I'd like that. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, thanks again to Jason. Hope you guys really liked that one. I loved uh, how willing he was to go deep with us and share some of that stuff. He's a a true gentleman, a a great character for our sport, and uh, again, somebody I really look up to, and uh, I hope you guys gleaned some good lessons from that one. If you did, throw Jason some love on Instagram or anywhere else on the internet. I've got a link to uh, his social in the show notes, so give him a follow if you aren't already on board at this point and if you don't mind if you enjoyed this show please go to whatever podcasting platform you enjoy it on and smash that five star button (laughs) maybe leave me a review if you don't mind i'd be super appreciative i've got a couple more really fun interviews planned and scheduled here in the next few days it'll go up in the next couple weeks that i also think you guys are really going to enjoy back on a regular schedule. I'm stoked. Hope you are too. We'll talk to you soon.